Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. It's good to see each and every one of you. Hopefully you're staying warm. We're we're privileged to have um, Reverend Brian Wiesinger. Did I say it right? All right. Reverend Brian, he's the pastor at the Crossing Church, uh, Church of the Nazarene in Westminster, Colorado. Let's welcome him. Thank you, Brian, for coming. Bring... Bringing, he's going to help us bring the word this evening. We're here celebrating uh, the spirit that God has given us. Not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we're gathered in this place to worship him. So let us, let us stand as we worship. And we're here for him. And we're here to welcome our God, almighty God, with praise. Psalms 96 says, Great is the Lord. And most worthy of praise. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. And it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Amen. That's what we're going to do this evening. We're going to welcome him into this place as we lift up uh, songs of praise and, and as we uh, gather in this place and just worship him. Amen. This next song is a new song, but it's just fitting, I believe, for our time of worship. Aren't you glad we have our chapel times together just to come together as a body, as a school a student body, just to come to worship our God? And that's what the song talks about. It says, we're here for you, God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise His name. Well, it's my pleasure to be here uh, tonight. My name's Brian, and I'm just uh, honored and humbled to be here. And I got to tell you, my favorite, my favorite way to speak is to get a passage and to break it down and to share it with you. And that's not what I'm doing tonight. I actually, the whole hour and a half on the way down here, I tried to talk God out of this, but I'm going to go a little different direction than I usually do. But uh, some really cool things have been happening at the Crossing Church. I had a, what I thought to be a really kind of sweet three-part message for January, and I'm praying about it in uh, December. It's getting closer and closer. And I have one of those moments where I realize that uh, that's not, I'm not going to do that either. Because you get that sense inside of you, you get that churning, you get that still small voice. Sometimes I just wish it was a megaphone. And, 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 and where you just know you got to shift gears and go another direction. And, and what was in my heart and in my mind in late December going into what I thought, I mean, I thought I was three weeks ahead. You ever been there? If you're doing something, you know, and, and some, some things were working and, and uh, what was in my mind was, is people of our church, not just the church that I get to be the pastor, but I think uh, of, our, uh, of all of our churches, is, is we understand God the Father, 
we have some idea of the creator and, and people can come up with a, a, some sort of definition or something when it comes to, to who he is. And of course, everybody relates the best in the Trinity to Jesus because God with skin on, you know, we understand he's 100% man, 100% God, and we get that. And, that's, and people are like, yeah, I want to be like him. And that's, that's good. And then in, in every membership class I've ever taught and any discussion in the foyer I've ever had, and any question that I ever get into with somebody and they start talking and we start talking about the Holy Spirit and I ask a question, what I usually get in response is, hmm. <laughs> There's some idea uh, of who he is and what he does, but that's what was getting to me the end of December and I realized I was going to go into, uh, well, we're three weeks in and we added two weeks and God has been doing some really, really cool things. He's been... He's been calling people to ministry. He's been, he's been, people have been surrendering their hearts uh, at, at, at our altars. There's, there's been some, some healing of relationships that's taken place. There's been some things that uh, had to be God because I'm not that good, you know? And, and, and just some really beautiful, beautiful confirmations of, of that decision to switch gears. So, I had a conversation with one of those with one of those people this in the last couple of weeks, and it was about the idea that you know they want to surrender to the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm at Bible college. I know you understand some of this terminology, but a, a lot of people out there they they don't, and they don't understand. They say, "Okay, I got I've got all of God living inside of me." Now the question always is, does does the Holy Spirit then have all of you? And most people go, nah, I don't think so. Not so much. And I had this guy come and say, I want that. As a matter of fact, what does that look like? What, what would that be like if I actually had the Holy Spirit residing, you know, like the scripture says, dwelling inside of me? What would I, what would I act like, Brian? What would I, what would I do? What would I be? And, and we started talking, and out of that came, uh, that conversation came this, what I'm going to share with you tonight. And and the reason I'm talking to myself, want to talk myself out of it, you know, just it's like, you know, you guys get this stuff, and we've got some altars down here, and, but, and you're in the middle of class, and you got to go back to class after this, and, and you got other things on your mind, but I'm hoping just for a few minutes maybe, my conversation with this guy and some things that, that uh, we shared and talked about in the scripture says would actually end in those of us in here tonight in a divine appointment in this place would actually, if we hear from the Holy Spirit and we're hearing something needs to be done, that we would humbly bow at the end of this and just spend a little time with him. And, and so I'm telling you, that's where we're going. Um, we'll see what he does. And, uh, and I just want you to, to listen. But in this conversation, we were talking about when God's Spirit moves. When God's Spirit moves, what what happens in our life? And, and he was telling me, and this is a whole other sermon, as a matter of fact, it's going to be this next weekend. His answer to me was, my life is too loud. My life is just too loud. I, I want to hear him, but I, I have too many distractions. I can't, I don't know what's, I, you know, I want to hear, I want to hear better. So we talked about slowing down. We talked about actually taking a holy inventory. And, and so a little bit of that conversation and what he's looking for and when God's spirit moves is, is this. And I know, once again, this is so silly to talk to you guys about, but 
But the first one especially is, is our passion for God's Word should ignite inside of us and really never go away. No matter how intelligent we get, no matter how long we've been a Christian, this book is amazing. And, and you guys, oh, I'm at Bible college, Brian, I know. I mean, I know. I know that you know, but, but, but I know you know, you know you're learning things for class, but I guess I want to take you out of class for just a moment and go, okay, personally, is this alive? Is this, is this getting inside of you, and are you excited to read it, and are you taking the time to learn some, some new truth? And, and there's so many versions and so many, you know, I mean, I got so many people now in my church that are on their phone, looking at their smartphone. Most of them tell me it's the Bible that they're looking at while I'm preaching or in service. I caught a guy, I caught a guy a few, actually a few months ago, and he was on his phone, and I could see, he had glasses on like I do, and I could see the red glow of Score Center, Sports Center, on his glasses. And we talked after. But, but there's so many good ways to, to, to from, the, from the book itself that's always a bestseller year after year to you versions on your phone to those great apps to so many different things out there that I just have to ask you, do, you, do you still have, even as a Bible college student, do you still have a holy appetite? I got a really, really silly illustration, and you've heard, I'm sure you've heard them before, but, but, but my daughter was going back to Southern Nazarene University uh, about, I don't know, 10 or 11 days ago, and we asked her before, the, day, the night before she went back, what, she, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do as a family? Do you want to go out? What do you want to do? And, and I thought maybe it would be, you know, Texas Roadhouse or a good burger place or something like that because, well, that's what I like. But, but, but I thought she did too. And she goes, Dad, remember when we used to have junk food night? I said, yeah. She said, can we do that again? And junk food night at our house was, I have four kids, one wife, and me, and uh, we all get to pick some sort of appetizer-like food, and it can go anywhere, and it doesn't have to make sense. My wife usually makes meals that make sense, that go together, you know, with the green and the this, and the, this night it's just all out, whatever you want. I mean, I've got 10-year-olds picking Cheetos. I mean, uh, Madison actually picked hot wings. You know, we had all sorts of different wings that night, four different flavors. It was good. Am I helping you guys? Anybody hungry? And uh, we had four different kinds of wings, and, and we had the Cheetos, and we had a bunch. And then my, I have twin, almost 10-year-olds, and the little girl, Macy, twin girl Macy said, Daddy, is there any way on the way home from picking up the wings that you could go buy Krispy Kreme? I'm going to pick the... Krispy Kreme glazed donuts for my junk food item. And I thought to myself, praise the Lord. <laughs> I love those things, you know? And uh, so, so I, I went and picked up the wings, and I went and got the Krispy Kreme donuts. They were actually really close together, God's will. And, uh, and it was, I went through the drive-thru at Krispy Kreme, and, uh, and I paid my money, and I, I, I put the window up, and when I drove, I, the hot light was on. You know what the hot light means at Krispy Kreme? That means they're hot and fresh and just cooked. Oh. Put them in the car, started driving home. I put them next to me to start with. 
that smell was straight from heaven. I mean, it was, I mean, the hot light, I don't know what was going on, but it was, I put, so then I moved him to the back seat. I could still reach him. But I moved him further away. And, and I'm using this, you know, this silly little illustration, but my appetite for those donuts was just going to smell the, 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 the anticipation. I'm thinking to myself, if I get home and there's only a half a dozen, I am in serious trouble. You know, instead of the dozen that I bought. So, so I put them away, but, but I kept thinking the appetite, the aroma, the smell, the desire. I gotta, I gotta have one. And I thought later, you know, proving that anything can be a sermon illustration. <laughs> that, uh, man, I wish I had that kind of an appetite or a desire for God's book. I mean, I know, comparing it to a donut is really weird, but, but, but you, you could just, that, you, you've been there where you just, oh, but that's what I want for here. That's what I want for, for, for this to get inside of me. And, and you know the early church where the, the Holy Spirit was moving in big ways, Acts 2.42 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, maybe not junk food night, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And whenever we think about the Holy Spirit, whenever we think about what he wants to bring to the table in our lives, don't we always think of the early church? And this was, this was a core verse for who they were and what they were about. And their appetite just continued to be there. And, and I'm thinking, we need to learn from that. We need to learn from that sort of a, a holy appetite. 1 Peter 2.2 like newborn babies, you must crave. The word crave stands out to me. Pure spiritual milk so that you'll grow into a full experience of salvation. What that means to me is all of God, surrender to him. Galatians 5, every area of our life, surrender to him. A full experience of salvation, sanctification, surrender, and that we would cry out for, for nourishment. So I just want to ask you guys, you know, we're headed towards a prayer time. I already told you that. Are you craving? You, you craving some more, the holy appetite? You just can't get enough? That's, that's huge. And I started talking to this guy some more about when God's spirit moves, there's also, there is tremendous joy in our life. I'm not talking about happiness that's like sometimes here, sometimes here, and, you know, all over the map, and happiness fleeting. You know, happiness is circumstantial and elusive. Joy transcends the circumstances, and it's there. And I'm not talking about just silly, silly, oh, I'm so joyful. You know, not, not goofy, but, 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 but joyful inside. Well, you can be. So, so if that's you, go with it, you know? But, 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 if, but, but I, we should, even in the midst of difficulty and the hardest times, we can still have joy. I, I was actually, I was doing my pastoral duty not long ago, and I went to visit a guy in ICU at a, at a hospital in, in Denver. I went in. You know, my pastoral role, you guys are learning, was to uh, encourage, to lift up, to pray with, and to, to you know, make a difference to... Encourage the family, huddle them together, pray. I mean, serious situation in ICU. This guy is laying in ICU waiting for new lungs. Lung transplant coming. I get in there. 
Family's there, been in our church for a long time. I get up beside his bed. I'm working on my most pastoral voice. <clears throat> and before I can speak, Terry looks at me. The oxygen is rushing through that, that tube at a level I've never seen before because his lungs are about done. And, and it's so loud in there. He's talking over all that loudness, all that oxygen. He looks at me, he goes, great to see you, Brian. Isn't God good? Can't wait to see how he's going to do this. And uh, I know, I know God's will be done. I'm ready. No matter what happens, this is, it's just, it's great to see you. I had my, I was, I mean, I was, I, I thought I was going in there to encourage. My brother Terry looks at me from ICU waiting on lungs and shows me joy, and it hits me in the face. We talked, we prayed, and I left there knowing that I actually got ministered to. I got challenged. I began to think, if I'm him, am I in that place? Am I that encouraged? Am I that positive? Am I that expectant? The Holy Spirit was just obvious, and it's been obvious, and Terry and his wife for a long time, and no matter what the circumstance, when God's Spirit moves in us, there's, there's joy. So once again, I challenge your joy meter. Somebody followed you around for a week with their camera phone, took some video, watched what was going on, not in some creepy, weird way, but you know what I mean, just was, was, was following you. What did they see? They see joy? Or do they see a lot of uh, eh, whining, complaining, and acting like somebody stole our puppy? You know, I'm challenged. I'm challenged no matter what the circumstance that I would have the kind of joy that the Holy Spirit would bring. It's in the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Each one of those things fits in nicely in this discussion, by the way, if you want to do a little more study. But there is joy. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. You love him even though you've never seen him. Remember when Jesus said to Thomas, you know, how blessed you are, but you, you see. And, you know, for those that, that don't see, how blessed are they? Well, Peter goes back there. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Joy makes Christians distinctive. Think about that video again. I know it's hard to think about. Think about that video that somebody's trying to make and you're a Christian and they wanna, they wanna show off joy. You know, our joy is so big when it comes to being the commercial that those outside the church or people that don't know us or people that we work with or people we go to school with, they notice. If we don't have joy, if we don't have faith, if we don't have peace, if we don't have some of that fruit of the Spirit, why would they want what we, what we say we have? I'm just, I'm sharing, I'm challenged. Joy. Romans 14:17 says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink but a living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the holy spirit and then remember the story of Paul and Silas in prison 
I mean, he can't help but just think, you know, in Acts 16.25, around midnight, of all the crazy times to sing, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I mean, that's joy no matter what your circumstance. They've been making a strong stand for God. They've got in trouble. They made some people mad. They got thrown in prison. And you know what else it says in there? It says, and the other prisoners listened. Oh, man. They had to be thinking a number of things. What is wrong with these dudes, you know? I mean, what? But, but it got their attention. And you know what joy does amidst every situation and circumstance? When we're consistent and it's there and people know it, people say, I want that. I need that. Tell me about it. Another thing that had to come up in this conversation is when the Spirit's moving inside of us, we have a desire to be Christ-like. There is a, you know, there's a word that, that I love. And honestly, at our church in Westminster, people don't always understand enough about holiness. And I'm challenged as the pastor there to talk about it and to not be shy about it and to put it in such a way that it makes sense, it challenges people, because God loves us too much to leave us the way we are. And people get that. Now, every single time in a membership class, when we go through the articles of faith and do the things that we do, there's a question. Brian, could you, could you explain to me a little more about this sanctification thing? Just what is that? And we begin to talk about it, and I think this is a big part of it. And I like this, this, uh, this phrase, and to be honest with you, I, I don't exactly know who I borrowed it from. You know, everything's original. But... Uh, but uh, holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's the Holy Spirit giving us the desire to be like Christ. What do you think? We get caught up a lot of times in the do's and don'ts and some of those things. And, and uh, man, I just like to simplify it to holiness is the desire to be like Christ. We can talk about a lot of different parts of that. But if that's what's going on inside of you, and you guys know 1 Peter 1, 14, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. I see a sense of striving and desire and I want to be like him and and the transformation that takes place inside of us from the inside out. And I love Matthew 5:48. But you are to be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. And I did a little dissecting of the word perfect. I was pleased that it wasn't absolute perfection. But it was a desire to be like him. And a, a something inside of me that just doesn't go away. And when the Holy Spirit resides... When we ask him into our life, it happened to me when I was 16. I was an outreach kid. I was a ringer for a church basketball team. You know what, you know what I'm talking about, you know. Crazy part is, basketball became less important. God became way more important. And for me, this, this striving to be like him is where it, 
is everything. I'm uh, 48, almost 49 years of age. This happened to me when I was 16. I told the church that I'm the pastor at last week that if I was still maturity-wise where I was when I was 20, they don't want me as their pastor. You know? There's growth. There's, it's supposed to, needs to, has to happen as we surrender and walk with him. And, and I'm just challenged to, to want to be more like him. The last, the last little characteristic. So we've talked about joy. We've talked about a holy appetite. We talked about a desire to be like Christ. Once again, we're headed to the altar. Is, uh, and this is one I, I think I've always, when I think of Holy Spirit, I think of power. Think of power. And I've always, I messed up sometimes. When I think about power, I always put power in the same box. I put it in like the box of strength and courage. And that's a good box. I think it's true. There's certainly strength. There's courage. Step out in faith. And, you know, we can conquer that mountain. We can, be, we can defeat Satan. And I can get all fired up, as you can tell, about that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, I like that. I mean, there's power to do that. There's resurrection power, the Word of God says. That's that same kind of power available to us. And I think we hear that and we go, huh. Really? So I'm, I'm thinking that those are all true, but what, what God's been speaking to my heart about, and I've been sharing with the congregation and sharing with you guys now, is that there's also power needed to do things like forgive. Man, there's a lot of chips on shoulders in different places for things that have happened in the past that we just can't get over. And we, we actually think, I can't get over that. I, can't, I just can't get past it. Holy Spirit would be glad to help you to get past some of those kinds of things. And so forgiveness, like I mentioned earlier, the, the ability to, to heal in relationships, and even, and this is a huge one, but it's that Holy Spirit empowerment that makes our witness strong. You know? It's those distinctive things like joy and our faith and our peace and our self-control. And go through the list of Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. Th those things should... You ever try to do those on your own? I mean, personally, selfishly, I don't enjoy self-control. It's not always easy, especially when a Baltimore Raven throws a 70-some-yard pass. I mean, that can't happen. Self-control. South Denver traffic on the way here. Oh, man. Self-control. You know, I mean, so whatever it is for you, his Holy Spirit power. How about, how about this one? Real down to earth. The power to love the unlovable. That's not done in our own strength. That's only done with his Holy Spirit power living within you. I mean, I don't know if any people in my, in my church will get online and actually watch this at some point, but you know, once in a while, even in church, there's some tough people to love. Right? But with the Holy Spirit's help, just because we don't see eye to eye or where there's a conflict or something's going on, still loving. I need to rise above that humanness. And I can't do it by myself, but with God's help, it can happen.
So there's power in a lot of different ways. Well, from what I could tell in the upper room, there were ordinary, well-meaning people that when the Holy Spirit showed up in a big way, some really extraordinary things took place. And last verse I'll share with you is Luke eleven thirteen. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know where Jesus said he was going to send another? And that he needed to go because he was going to send another? And, it, and we'd be better off. And we're like, what? The disciples were like, you're kidding me. When you actually look into that word another, it would be like the one before. That's like Jesus. That's like God the Father. That's like the Trinity. That's why they go together so beautifully. God with us. So if we could... Uh, Take a moment, maybe bow our heads. And, and I, I just want to ask you guys, and not going to beg and plead, but if the Holy Spirit's speaking in any one of those areas, or actually in an area that I might not have even have covered, but he's speaking to you, would you, would you be willing to kind of come down and maybe we'll have a closing prayer down around these altars and say, you know, I don't want to get satisfied. I want to go back to craving. I need some of that power. I need some of that joy. With your heads bowed, would anybody like to come join me? Uh, and and let's, let's have a closing prayer together. Father, thank you for being in this place. And your presence is sweet. And we... We know it's not uh, just this, this beautiful chapel, but it's you dwelling inside of us and spurring us on to some new places and some new maturity and some new growth. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for not giving up on us. Thanks for always being there, even when sometimes we have made some horrible decisions and you forgive us. And, and Lord, for, for these students and faculty and people that are here tonight, Lord, I just pray that we would just never get satisfied, that we'd hunger and thirst for more, that we'd strive to be more and more like you. God, give us, give us some joy. Give us that holy appetite. And Lord, we, uh, we need some power. We've tried to do it in our own strength and our own power and have failed miserably. But God, you're here and you're working and you go with us. And help us in this loud world that we live in to slow down enough intentionally to listen, to hear, to seek your face, to read your word, to spend time in prayer, and to just never get over how much you, you loved us and sending your son to that cross. And help that love to burn inside of us and to spill out to everybody that we meet. And Lord, we want to please you in all the areas of our life and all the opportunities you give us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everybody.